Amen. Take your Bibles and we'll be, uh, we'll be starting in Genesis this evening. You can go ahead and turn there. Genesis chapter number five. Do be in prayer for Pastor and Ida. They're traveling down to Rochester uh, to help Matt and Emily move, if you had missed that announcement. Uh, and I believe they're coming back either Tuesday or Wednesday, from what I was told. Uh, and so just pray that they'll have a, a good time helping Matt and Emily as they uh, make this move and, and begin their ministry. Um, They'll be serving in uh, Brother Clayton, Pastor Clayton's church down there, uh, working alongside him. And so I know they're very excited about that. And Pastor's very excited for this opportunity. Um, Pastor did try and make or was meaning to make an announcement uh, last week. And, and just with all the anniversary, uh, it got uh, it got left out. Uh, but we are we are going to be doing a little bit of a, a transition or a change in our ministry uh, and I'll let you know about that this evening. Um, starting November 21st, my wife and I, my wife Amanda and I, are going to be teaching a young adults class. Uh, and then uh, Pastor Cody and his wife Amy are going to be our new youth pastor, taking over the youth ministry. And so we're very excited uh, to, to begin working with our young adults. Many of the young adults um, came through our youth group. And so there, there's uh, going to be a lot of familiar faces, um, but it really, it, it was something that Pastor began praying about almost a year ago, I believe. He, t- he, he told us, uh, the, the staff, about it in the summer uh, and asked us to pray about it, and we had some discussion. Um, but Pastor has already shared his heart. He wants people, um, he wants to develop young people. He wants to see people go and, and take, uh, take the, the churches that are in Canada um, you know, there's so many empty pulpits, but then also, um, you know, who's our, our next deacons? Who's our next Sunday school teachers? Uh, who's our next, bu- our, our next bus captain um, and, and missionaries? You know, when's the last time Bethel Baptist Church sent out a missionary or planted another church? And so pastor's really been burdened. God's burdened his heart. And in extension, um, the, the pastoral staff, Cody, myself, and Paul, we've been uh, able to, to share that burden and, and to, um, to see that grow in our hearts as well. So we're excited about that. Uh, and so this evening, I want to just talk through or, or preach through our, th- our, our mission statement. You know, as we, as we begin this class, there's, there's three words that, uh, that I want to really... Um, cornerstone uh, our class on, and they're not just uh, for young adults. They'd be for teenagers, they'd be for kids, they'd be for young adults, they'd be for our middle age, and they'd even be for our seniors. They're common no matter what age group you're in, and I believe that they're uh, progressing one, one after another. And so our three statements or our three words is walk, love, and serve. Walk, love, and serve. In Genesis chapter number 5, verse 24, we read about Enoch. The Bible doesn't tell us much about Enoch, but what it does say is, is, uh, is quite interesting. Genesis 5, verse 24, the Bible says, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. You know, we don't know what that looked like. We don't, you know, Enoch planted 10 churches and saw uh, all of his kids trust the Lord, and the Bible doesn't say you know, if, if we were going to think of, you know, if God's going to bless someone by avoiding death, you know, by not having to die, Enoch was one of those guys. And what did he do to earn that blessing, to earn God's favor? And all the Bible says is that he walked with God. It, it's such a simple, simple thought. But honestly, if we look at it in our own lives, if I look at it in my life, it's probably one of the harder things for us to do. You know, it's easy for me 
to, to, um, to talk right. You know, it's easy for me uh, to look right, to do right, um, but it's harder for me to consistently and, and, and every day give God the time that he deserves. In Genesis 6, verse 9, go, go forward a chapter. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And then here's a description again. And Noah walked with God. You know, I have a little bit of an example. You know, how many, uh, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but how many wives like to go for walks with your husbands? How many wives out there? Okay, and then we'll do the opposite. Husbands, <laughs> how many of you like going for those walks with your wives? Oh, wow. oh my word, put your arms down. <laughs> I, am, I, must be the, I must be the bad guy here. Uh, I, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I just, well, can't we just sit and watch a movie? You know, well, can't we just go to Swiss Chalet? I'll buy you some chicken. I don't know. But my wife, she loves going for walks. My boys love going for walks. And I'm actually going to get them to, to help me. Do you guys want to help Dad tonight? We'll see if they'll come. Timmy, come here. Toby. Toby might come. Timmy, Timmy's more shy. So when, when I'm trying to be healthy, hold my hand. When I try and be healthy, I'll go for a run or a walk in the morning. And Toby is our first one that's up in the house. Even before Amanda and I get up, he's up. And he'll come and he'll, he'll open our door. And sometimes, are you up? And we're like, I am now. And uh, he'll come in. And, and so if I'm getting ready for a run, he'll say, can I, can I come, Daddy? Can I come? And, and it's a really simple illustration. But I want you guys to think about the walks that you would have with your Heavenly Father. You know, if, if God was here on earth and it was a physical walk with God... Okay, you're, you're going and you're, you're going along and, and I know Toby's not a huge talker, but, uh, as he gets older, I can say, well, how was school? You know, and he could say, well, I did pretty good. I learned, I learned this or I learned that. And then I get to tell him about my day. You know, well, I got in trouble again. Pastor Fury got me in trouble or whatever, right? Um, you know, for our boys, they're young, you know, so when a car comes, I'm, I'm his father. I, I we go off to the side. And I, I protect him from that car. You know, there's a, around the corner from where we go, um, there's a dog. And he's a friendly dog. He's not, he's, he's not dangerous or anything, but he'll, he'll come out and he'll bark. And for a while there, the boys are scared. And what do they do when they're scared? You know, they, they come right up against you and they hug your leg because they, they want daddy to protect them. You know, when you're going for a walk with your heavenly father, you know, he sets the pace. You know, we're not sprinting ahead. We're not just crawling. And whatever pace our Heavenly Father wants us to go, we go. You know, Amanda will take the boys for a walk and they'll go down the Simcoe Trail. Or they'll go down the concession behind our house. We'll go to Waterford and we'll walk the, the trail bridge. And think of that. You know, if we are walking with our Heavenly Father, He leads us. He takes us where we need to go. He, he sets the pace. He protects us, you know. And if I was to go for a walk with my wife, it's because I love her. It's because she wants to spend time with me. It doesn't matter if we walk 100 feet and then just stand there. You know, she has my attention. I have to leave my phone at home on the counter <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, because she wants my undivided attention. She wants me for that time, you know. And as you go back to mom, go. And as we go for, if we spend that time with God, I know it's a silly illustration, but how many of those aspects are the same? You know, when I spend time with my Heavenly Father, 
It, it cultivates our relationship. I get to know more about him. He gets to direct me. You know, my love for him, our heavenly father wants us to love him, commands us to love him. And how do we show that? We walk with him. In Micah, go to the book of Micah, one of the minor prophets. And this would be a common verse. We'll read together. Micah chapter number six. And many of you likely already have it memorized. Micah chapter number six, verse number eight. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, excuse me, to love mercy and to what? To walk humbly with thy God. Just spend time with God. But like what I said at the beginning, that, that's often the hardest thing for us to do. You know, to put our phone away, to turn off the computer, to, to find that quiet time and just meditate and, and to think on what God has done for us, to pray. You know, prayer is that communication or a Bible reading to sit and just read the love letter that God gave us that tells me how much he loves me, that guides me in my life, that brings me comfort, that brings me joy. And all of that is when I spend time with him. All of that is when I'm walking with him. I mean, guys, think if you, if, if you're married here and, and uh, your wife, hey, can we go for a walk? No, no, not tonight. The next day. Hey, can we go for a walk? No, not, not today. Hey, can we, can we go on a date? No, no, not, not today. How many of you guys think your wife would, would what do you think the, the relationship would be if you keep pushing her away? If you keep saying, oh, I'm busy, I'm working. Uh, you know, I, I told so-and-so that I was going to go have supper with them. But tonight's date night, you know. And you're like, oh, sorry, it came up. You know, what would that relationship be? And how often have we done that to God? God's got, he's patient. Hey, I'm, I'm over, I'm waiting. You know, when you're ready, I'll be here, you know. And so our first, our first um, mission statement or idea um, that I think is, is totally applicable to everyone, and, and for me, would be the most uh, convicting point that I have this evening, is my walk with God. Am I just spending time with God? Whether it's prayer, whether it's meditating on what he's done for us, whether it's Bible reading. The more time you spend with him, the more your love for him will grow. And that'll bring us to our second point. So our first was walk, walk with God. And our second one is love God and love others. You know, as I walk with God, as I spend time with God, it would make sense that my love would grow. You know, as, as Amanda and I started dating, um, we'd, have, we'd have dates. I guess that's the, the term for dating, right? Uh, and we'd call each other and, and we'd have conversations. And, you know, and the more time you spend with someone, the greater that love grows. And so the more I, I spend time with God, the greater my love should be for him the greater that will develop. You know, as I think about how much God has blessed me, that makes me love him. As I think about how sinful I am and yet Christ died for me, that should make me love him. 
You know, God has blessed me with a beautiful wife and, and two boys and, and a wonderful home, wonderful job. And when I think about God's blessings in my life, I should love him. Go to Matthew chapter number 22. When Jesus was on this earth, the Pharisees often would try and, and trick him. They, they, they were trying to catch him in some sin or something that they could use against him. In Matthew 22, we come across one of those instances Matthew 22 and verse number 34, and the Bible says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandments in the law? You know, in the Jewish, in the Jewish religion, there was hundreds, hundreds of laws. We know the Ten Commandments that we're, you know, most familiar with. But they had laws about the, or rules against the, about the borders of their garments, against how they, or about how they were supposed to grow their beard, um, rules about, um, how they were to borrow and, and the Jubilee and when to give back debt and all these different things. They had rules on top of rules and all the rest. Um, and so the, the lawyer comes and says, Jesus, what's the, what's the greatest one? You know, if you had to pick them all, is it thou shalt not kill, is it, thou shalt not steal? And Jesus said unto him, verse 37, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And I think we understand that. that you know, that's, that's a no-brainer, right? But the second part of that, Jesus takes right on to it. Um, this is the first and great commandment, verse 39. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, if we were to, to, to boil down all the preaching that you've ever heard, and I know there's lots, we should preach about, um, you know, lying, we shouldn't lie, we should preach about bitterness, we shouldn't have bitterness, we should preach about gossip, all those different things, that, okay? Um, when, when Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? He said, love God and love others. You know, and if we can get those two, all of the other ideas and all the other, you know, um, Things that we find in scripture fall under one of those categories. Walk with me. I love you. All right. But then don't, don't be bitter because I want you to love that person. You know, if, if, if Jesus said there's only two things that you got to do, you know, if, if we have a, a laundry list of rules, sometimes they're easy to forget. You know, I, I, I had a chuckle. Uh, Sarah Norsworthy, where's she at? She's around. She, she wrote out all the bus rules. Uh, for, for the kids on, on Wednesday night. And she tagged them up there and they had, I think, five different rules. Because we have a hard time even remembering five rules, right? We have, we have to be reminded, don't stand up on the bus. Don't stick your head out the window. You know, you could lose it. Uh, all these different things. And so Jesus kept it simple. Love God and love others. And I think it's a natural progression. Like, like I already mentioned, if we're walking with God, we'll love him. But as I love him, naturally, I will begin to love the things that he loves, all right? When, I'm picking on my wife a lot tonight, but when we got married, um, her family did not grow up eating Chinese, uh, and I'm not even talking authentic Chinese, North American Chinese, all right? My family did a lot. <laughs> you know, we had yins in Waterford, and we took advantage of that, and so when we got married, um, early on in, in the marriage, we're like, well, where do you want to go to eat? And I'm like, I want takeout. I want, I want, uh, hoys now, now that I live in Simcoe. I want hoys. And she's like, ah, oh, what's that? 
I'm like, Chinese? Like, oh, no, no, not, no, not, not, for, not for our date night. And, uh, and so eventually I, I, I convinced her to try it, and she realized, oh, this is pretty good. Now it would be one of our favorite, favorite meals, you know. But as the, the, the person or the, the people that you love, as you spend time with them, you begin to appreciate and you begin to love the same things that they love. You know, Jesus loves you with, with an infinite love, right? Jesus loves you as much as he loves me. And if I say, if I profess, I love God, I love God, but I have a problem with my brother, and, and what would God say? You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, we laugh about relationships, but the in-laws, you know, the in-laws, you could, you, my wife very much loves her family. And as, as we've been married, I have grown to appreciate and love her family because they matter to her. And think about God. God loves every single individual. How can I not love that person? How can I, you know, it's one thing if we don't think about it and, and we're just not actively choosing to try and love people. What if we went a step further and said, what if I actively choose not to love that person? You know, well, he, he said this and he, he took my parking spot. I don't know, whatever it might be. Um, and it's just so contrary. Jesus says there's two great commandments. Love me, love God, and then love the people that I love. Love the others. Love those around you. Verse 40, on, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so if I develop a true love, if I develop my love for God, and I'm working on developing my love for others, that brings us to our third point, which is to serve. To serve. You know, if I say that I love someone and I refuse to do anything for them, I made that example earlier. If I say I love my wife, but every time she asks to spend time with me, I say, no, I'm busy. What's that say about my love? It's not real. It's, it's not powerful. It's not effective. It, it's, it's a love in word, but I'm not a love in deed, you know? And so I think it's a natural progression. If I love God, I should love others, and if I love others, that should motivate me to do something, to, to display that love, to show that love. Uh, go to Matthew 25. We're just a, a few pages ahead there. Matthew chapter 25, verse number 34. Uh, let's, let's go back to verse 31 so you can know the context here. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then, he, uh, then shall he sit on the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep and the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And so this is determining who are God's sheep. Who are the true believers? Verse 34, Then shall the king say unto them that on the right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. 
Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king, God, okay? The king, it's, in my Bible it's capitalized, likely in most of yours as well. The king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, ye have done it unto me. Okay, how many of you uh, last week when, when we were doing the presentations, uh, Mrs. Fury had to, to sit with a couple boys over off to the side there. Do you guys see that? And did you see the other workers down front that the longer pastor went, the more, the bigger their eyes went? All right. I believe with all my heart that as you do it unto these, we've done it unto God. You know, and, and God said, look, Jesus said, when, when I was thirsty, I was, I was given a drink because you went and helped somebody that I care about. You know, we, we talk about these kids, but we have teens, teens that come Thursday nights, and it's a rough crowd. You know, it, it, there, there's challenges um, with, with our teens. And, uh, you know, but not adding to Scripture, but doesn't that, doesn't that ministry fit in here? You know, I remember my wife and I being able to, uh, to pick up some clothes, for, for a young man that was coming to our youth group, you know, and, and, uh, we, we've dropped off food before and, and years gone by, the church has done Christmas, um, uh, turkey dinners and, and, you know, we get people that call the church and, and need help with groceries and, you know, we can get very easily, we can get calloused or we can get, um, immune to that and say, oh, it's just, uh, I gotta go do that again. Oh, I, I, you know, I gotta do this again, and and we we forget this passage. You know, I wonder, and I, I I wonder for me if I read this passage every day before before I start my day, and all of a sudden now my mindset has changed. Okay, well I don't want to go rake leaves, you know, but if I do it as unto them, I've done it unto my my Savior. Well, I don't want to go and and. Um, you know, visit this person. I don't want to go and, and uh, give of them, give my time to them. You know, but then we fall into verse, uh, verse 40, uh, verse 41. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, ye gave me more, no drink. I was a stranger, you took me in naked, and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you visited me not. Then they shall say, then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of them, to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And so maybe we're in that category. Maybe, maybe we do just sit back and I walk with God. That's good. I would say I love God. That's good. I would say I love people he loves, but I don't do a thing about it. I sit at home and I enjoy the blessings God has given me. You know, the, the blessings of having a full wallet or a full bank account, not willing to go and meet someone else's need. You know, I'm, I'm, 
I have a night off. That's my night, you know, and I'm not willing to give that to someone else to be a blessing. You know, whatever the scenario is, it's a very, it's a very wide open discussion. You know, Jesus lists all these different things, you know, hungry, thirsty, uh, naked, in prison, sick, all these different things. And I wonder if that's not, you know, saying, look, there's a lot of different things that you could do. And if you're doing them unto these, the least of these, you've done it unto me. But more convicting church family is when we choose not to. When I say, I want my own time. I want my own whatever. And we hold back from God, or sorry, we hold back from others. What we're doing is we're holding back from God. You know, we're saying, God, you cannot have my time. God, you cannot have my money. You cannot have my, my whatever it is that we're holding back. And so I think it's a natural progression. As I say, I love God, I love others. That love has to be displayed somehow. It has to be demonstrated, has to be shown. Uh, the, a parallel or, or similar thought to that is Mark chapter 9, verse 41. For whosoever shall give, uh, give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. You know, it's sometimes the trivial things, you know, giving someone a bottle of water, you know, that, that doesn't do anything for God. That doesn't do anything for the kingdom. I won't be blessed for that. And God says right here, if you give someone a drink in my name, I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to miss that. And so we serve God by serving others. We serve God specifically also by serving in his church. Go to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12. You know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we have, we have deacons. If, Brother Pipe, if you don't mind me asking, you're 81, right? 81. In 20 years, if God gives you 20 years, you know, you might want to retire at some point, you know. Um, who's going to come along and be the next Brother Pipe? You know, Janet, Mrs. McPherson, taught me in, in Sunday school. You know, and I know she's only 40, but at some point she's going to want to retire and she's going to, she's going to not be able to, you know, and, and, you know, all these, these different ministries, God has blessed us at this church with just phenomenal, um, facilities, you know, and he's blessed us with a lot of programs. You know, we have kids ministry, we have bus ministry, we have teen ministry, all these different ministries take servants, take people stepping up and doing something. And, you know, if, if, we, if we attend and we, we absorb and we absorb and we absorb and we've never done anything to give back, you know, following the logic of what we've just looked at, where's the disconnect? Where have I come to say, well, I, uh, I enjoy this church and... Um, I love my God, I love walking with him, and yet God says, my church is my vehicle to share the gospel in Simcoe, in Norfolk County. Our, our missions program helps, helps the gospel go out across the world, and yet we say, I'm not, I just, I don't have time, you know? It's outside my comfort zone, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. Um, 
And, and I challenge you on that. Are we serving? Am I demonstrating that I love God and I love others by serving in the body, in the institution that God established to present the gospel to the world? In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, um, there's, a, there's a few different passages that we find are spiritual gifts. If you are saved, God has gifted you. You know, when I was in school, no one said, well, there's Calvin, he's gifted. Okay, no one said that. But the moment you get saved, God gifts something to you, an ability, uh, you know, something that is, that is powered by him, by God. And in the Bible, we find a few different of these, these lists, and we're going to read one here in Romans chapter 12, verse number three. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly, excuse me, than he ought to think. Okay, so we got to be careful of pride, but to think soberly according as God hath dwelt, hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, what's he talking about? Our church. And all members have not the same office. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Okay, who has given it to us? God has. The moment I got saved, God gifted me something. Whether prophecy, prophecy not only meant uh, or being able to foretell the future, but also prophecy, if you look at it and study that word, is, is preaching, is being able to share a testimony. You know, I, I remember Dennis, uh, I don't know if Dennis would ever get behind a pulpit and preach, but when we were doing our, our, um, our uh, devotions, our daily devotions, Dennis came in and shared his testimony. That is a form of preaching. You're expounding what God has done, or, or prophesy almost. Um, you're not foretelling the future, but you're sharing what God has done through his word. Let us prophesy according to the proportion of our faith, or ministry let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. You know, Brother Norris, he exhorts me. You know, if there's something going on in my life, he'll come and he'll sit in my office. He's like, well, look at here, Calvin. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and he exhorts, he challenges me, he provokes me, and, and I don't know if I'd say he's gifted in it, but perhaps maybe that's his gift, you know, to exhort people, to encourage people. Or he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. Or he that ruleth with diligence, or he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. How many of you guys grew up with a Sunday school that had a short fuse? Oh, come on. All right. Uh, well, we'll just move on. Okay, but how many of you get, we'll flip the illustration. How many of you guys also, in comparison, had a Sunday school teacher who had all the patience in the world? And they just, no matter what, they, you just couldn't phase them. You know, they were just supernaturally merciful. That is a spiritual gift. In Ephesians 4, I'll read it to you. Ephesians 4, verse 11, he said, uh, the Bible says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure 
of the stature of the fullness of grace. Um, we won't we won't read First uh, Corinthians twelve is another list there. Um, you know, but the the example is also you know if everyone was the foot, you know how could you ever grab and carry anything? If everyone was hands, how would you walk? You know, and God has has given you a gift, has given you an ability or a talent, um, and He's given you the spot in the church to do it, or or you know He there's a need that you can fill. Um, and so I would challenge you to find out, to discover, to, to begin praying, God, if you have gifted me, and I believe God teaches that everyone has a gift, has something that he has for them. If you have given me something, first of all, would you show me what it is? And would you show me how to use it in your church? You know, there, if it's the, the, the gift of giving, you know, every time when I was doing uh, a teen activity and we would, we'd have one that was more expensive, you know, we'd go to Camp Yes in the, in the summer or we'd go to snow camp in the winter or we'd do Sky Zone or we'd do some of these activities, you know, and they cost 40, 50 bucks at times. You know, there's, there's a few of you out there and, and without going names and all the rest, every time we would have an activity, you'd say, hey, I'll, I'll sponsor someone. Hey, you know, I'll send so, so-and-so to camp. And, I, and from time to time, I'd ask you, do you want them to know who it was? Do you want me to let them know that so-and-so sent you? Or, or, and like, no, 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 just, just send someone, you know? That is a gift of giving, you know? Can, and, and it's not just monetary. Can you give your time? Absolutely. You know, there are so many things around the church you know, if you walked up to Michelle and, and Tina, they clean the building. If you walked up and said, hey, I, I have a couple hours a week. I'd like to do something. Can I clean a bathroom? You know, you'd probably have to pick their jaw up off the floor. And then they say, absolutely, why not? You know, and, you know, Pastor mentioned that. Um, he's going to present that to the church in the coming weeks of the different, uh, um, I forget the title he had for it. Uh, servant leadership, basically, and the different levels that you can serve, you know. Not everyone here is gifted with teaching, you know. Not everyone here is gifted with preaching behind a pulpit, writing a message, but you can definitely sit beside the kid that keeps talking and ask him about how his day was. You know, you can say, hey, you know, what's your favorite movie? Hey, you know, what's your favorite ice cream? And you can take a lot of burden off the teacher just by giving of yourself that little bit. And so I believe everyone has a gift. I believe the Bible teaches that. And if we're not using it, it's like God has given us something and we say, mine. You know, you can't have it. I'm not going to use it for your, your, your purpose. And how selfish is that? You know, that God would give us something and we say, you can't have it. I won't use it. No, just no. And so as we, as we close this evening... Maybe you're here and that, that very first step, you know, walking with God is just hard. You know, making the time, sitting down, turning off Netflix, sitting down, putting our phone away, and just walk with God. Maybe that the Holy Spirit would be convicting you this evening that you need to walk with Him. Maybe it's our second point. Maybe it's a love for God that just isn't there. We haven't spent time enough, or maybe we don't think about how good he's been to us. And my love for God is dim, has waned. Maybe it's a love for others. 
Maybe I spend time with God. I love God, but I don't love the people that he loves. And maybe God would convict you on that. Maybe it's about serving. You know, I'm not saying that everyone has to go and jump in ministry, you know, as full-time occupational thing. But everyone has something that you can do in his church. I would challenge you, and, and, and this isn't a challenge for me. I would, I would challenge you just to, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, could, I could have the best sermon in all the world, but I cannot convict you of sin. God convicts of sin. And so I would just encourage you to, to as, we, as we have an invitation this evening, just to, to pray and ask God, God, what if one of these areas, maybe you're, you're 100% Christian, maybe you're a whole lot better than I am, um, you know, and you don't have any, uh, any work to do. But I think the vast majority of us could say, God, which one of these things, or if all three of them, have I fallen short? Which one can I improve in, our, in my life? Let's pray. Lord, we do love you, God. I do thank you for your word. I do thank you um, for convicting me, God, for pointing out the sin in my life. And I pray that you would help me to, to increase the time I spend with you, to, to make that an absolute priority, God, that I wouldn't forget to do that. God, I do thank you for the opportunity to, to share this message with our church, our church family, and, and the example they are to me and the, the challenge they are to me. And so, but I do still pray that the Holy Spirit would maybe point out some things that, that, uh, that they could work on. And God, as a church family, we could grow together, that we could encourage one another to draw closer to you. Let's stand together as, as a, a song is played and, and spend some time with Jesus. You could do that here at the altar. You could pray at your seat. But I encourage you, just ask God, what area could I improve?